Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. It is uh, 24 December, Christmas Eve. Wow, hey, time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And I have something uh, to read you before I give you any other information on the Prophecy Update of the Week. I got this yesterday in my email. And, you know, I get a million emails a day, and I get requests for would you please do this and would you please do that and send money here and send money there and just all kinds of things. But I got something yesterday that I think is well worth reading, especially because it's Christmas Eve. And uh, it touched my heart so much. Hello, Charlie. My name is Tommy Adams. I was diagnosed with an extremely rare, incurable spine cord disease called syringomyelia, or SM. Only about 30,000 people in the States have it. And basically, it's a tear in my spinal cord that will eventually leave me paralyzed. I've had many issues from anger, depression, pain, med addiction, and many more dealing with the pain from this disease. I am a husband and a father of four children. We have lost our house, car, and almost everything I've owned. We have moved in to my in-laws and are just trying to make it through. All that said, I'm actually not writing about me. That was just some background. I am writing to you about my wife. She is a saint. She watches your videos daily, nightly, pretty much all the time. She is an amazing, wonderful person. She works full-time to keep us afloat deals with many issues, and still keeps her faith and a smile on her face. If you could please give her a shout-out on your show, keep her in your prayers, and relay that message that I love her and appreciate everything she does. That would be amazing. Keep up the videos. We thrive on conversations about your videos. We appreciate your hard work, and God bless. So, you know, if you can give somebody something on Christmas Eve, my hat's off to Tommy and his beautiful wife. Wonderful. Just marvelous. It's what an honor it is to to share in Christ with people around the world. And when he says videos, I don't think he's talking about prophecy update videos. No. They wouldn't be sharing conversations right. about that. They'd be talking about the sermons. And so, uh, uh, and I'm just speculating there, but uh, it just touched my heart so much. What an honor. Ah, okay, we have, just so everybody knows, we have a Christmas sermon today. And I'll mention a little bit about that when we get to our Christian section today, but uh, I would hope that people would watch it. You're going to get a little bit of doctrine. Might be a little different than other Christmas sermons you've heard in the past, but uh, you know me, I don't ever want to get far from doctrine. And for the past couple of years, I've typed the Christmas sermons, which are there to make you feel good. And, you know, I always feel guilty because it takes an hour to type a sermon like that. And everybody leaves saying, oh, that was so wonderful. But I feel guilty because I had seven hours to do nothing that day except find something else to do. <laughs> this year, I did not do that. I spent a full day researching and doing doing the regular work. And it is something I know will bless everybody if they are willing to watch it. So we have another thing to mention is that we have a feast sermon Coming up on the Feast of the Lord, we're going through all eight of them right now, starting again next week, and one of them will explain to you the significance of 25 December, because there's all these confused Christians out there that, oh, you shouldn't be celebrating Christmas, blah, 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 you know, that's of the devil, and that's Catholic conspiracy, and please don't send me that type of email, okay? I, I, I don't need to hear that. There is a reason why we celebrate on 25 December, and if you have not paid attention to that or studied that, you will be surprised. So uh, we celebrate Christ's birth. We also celebrate other things in the redemptive calendar. 25 December has a particular reason that we will go through. So keep watching this series, The Feasts of the Lord, and each one of them will bless you. I guarantee it. Okay, having said that, we have um, two wonderful people visiting from California today. It's John and Nance. They uh, are Nance especially is somebody that I've known very closely for quite a while. She does a lot on our uh, YouTube channel, and she does things. Uh, uh, she has a prayer thing that she organized for all the people that want to be a part of that in the Superior Word, both online and in this residence, and she does a great deal for us. And she's uplifting. She's the type of, you know, Paul, we have somebody in our uh, congregation that is facing his imminent demise unless something can be done. And he mentioned you a couple days ago saying, I can't believe how many cards 
she has sent me and tell her how grateful I am for that. So uh, that's the type of person we have with Nance. And she pulled her husband along by the ear to come to uh, Florida. And while he's here, I got to baptize him on Wednesday. And it was a real honor. I got to tell you what, John, it was a real honor. I'd never met him personally until this week. And now I've got a real close and fast friend here. It was a great day. And thank you for making it back down here again today. They're staying up in Tampa. So uh, before they leave today, make sure everybody gives them a hug and a kiss and lets them know how much they're loved. And then I have... um, Somebody to highlight, I've already highlighted one wonderful couple. I have somebody to highlight, as I do each week. His name is Brian Coward, and he's in, excuse me, I'm a little emotional. We said something before church today that still got me a little broken up, but um, he's in Walney Island, part of Barrow and Furnace, which is in the United Kingdom. He's 56 years old. He said, lived here for most of my life. Don't expect to move anywhere else. One of six brothers, single, never married, or children. Been a Christian for 35 years, but I didn't go to any kind of a church until I met some people who belonged to the Christadelphians for eight or nine years, then attended the Assemblies of God Church, where the first time I had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ and came to realize that I could have a real relationship with him. Since then, I've been to a number of churches. Sadly, though, not surprisingly, the desire to learn and know God's word is replaced with false teaching. Church has become a business where faith is based upon feeling instead of knowledge. We are living in the last days, and we're told that it would be so. Thank God, however, that there are many others, including yourselves, at the Superior Word in the world who understand the importance of teaching the meat of the Word and growing and maturing in the knowledge of Christ. I really do appreciate all the effort that you, Bob, Jim, Sergio, Rhoda, and the others put into opening God's word as it was meant to encourage, uplift, and strengthen everyone who wants to listen and learn. A big thank you in the name of Jesus. So he obviously watches streaming because he wouldn't know most of those names otherwise, and uh, he, he considers this, I believe, his church. And where he lives over there is a sub-manufacturing facility. And so uh, I included a lot of pictures of his area. Very cool. I'd like to go visit someday if uh, the Lord doesn't come. And I'd love to see them manufacturing subs. You know, I don't know if they'll let you onto a facility like that or not, but it'd be pretty cool. Anyway, there you go. Our first category today is Israel. And I just have three titles which began the week. And then it's, things happened at, towards the end of the week, which I'm sure everybody has heard of. But from World Israel News, the U.S. vetoes the Security Council resolution to rescind Trump's Jerusalem resolution. They wanted to come up against him and rescind his resolution. And we simply vetoed it. Nikki Haley put up her hand and she gave a great speech on that. Times of Israel, despite failing, U.N. Jerusalem bid paints Israel and U.S. as alone against the world. Well, it doesn't bother me. One iota. Hey, one plus God is a majority, right? Okay. Well, we've got two plus God, so wonderful stuff. And then we have um, from the Times of Israel, after UNSC vote, Russia offer to replace U.S. as a honest Mideast mediator. Okay. That's important because uh, they're looking around the world for other mediators. And Abbas has also spoken to the president of France as being in a mediator. So we know that this is coming, the Bible says in Daniel 9, 24 through 27, that we are going to have a seven-year tribulation period, which is going to be preceded by a signing of a peace deal with the Antichrist in Israel. Okay? And uh, let me read this to you, because I talk about it all the time, and sometimes I, uh, uh, let me find this, and sometimes I had to just stop and read you what it says in Daniel 9, so you know. It's four verses that outline all of the prophetic uh, scenario which is coming on the world. It says, 70 weeks are determined for your people and your holy city to finish transgression, make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, three good things, um, bad things, and then three good things are to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. And it says, know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks, which is a period of 69 weeks, 483 years. There shall be, um, uh, let's see here, 62 weeks, the street shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome times. Speaking of the book of Nehemiah, the time of the decree of Atar Xerxes, and then from there, 483 years. 
and there's a division between the two. The um, it's a 62 weeks would take you up to the intertestamental uh, period, and then you have the seven more weeks, and so it brings you right up to the time of Christ. Anyway, uh, verse 26, and after the 62 weeks, which means the full end of that period, Messiah shall be cut off meaning Christ will be crucified, but not for himself, meaning dying for the sins of the world. And the people of the prince who is to come, the people of the prince who is to come, it is the Roman people, the prince who is to come, shall destroy the city. The Romans destroyed the city in AD 70. The people of the prince to come means that he will be a Roman. He's future, though. That's why it's worded the way it's worded. A future Antichrist is coming from the revived Roman Empire. Okay? It says... um, uh, they'll destroy the city and the sanctuary. That is A.D. 70, the destruction of Jerusalem and Israel. The end of it shall be with a flood, and till the end of the war, desolations are determined. Then he, referring back to that person, then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, but in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. That is halfway through the tribulation period. And on the wall of abominations shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. It's a long study. It would take several hours to go through it. But just be assured that it will be somebody from the revived Roman Empire reaching out to uh, Putin at this point. Maybe something that will lead to Gog Magog prior to that happening. Um, you know, we can't predict the future, but we can see these signs and these things that are lining up exactly as the Bible shows us. So we have that. And we have from Aretz Shiva, Austrian government treats Israel as a Jewish state for the first time. This is the Austrian government. The new Austrian government, headed by conservative Sebastian Kurz, includes in its platform a clear reference to the Jewish character of the state of Israel. This is the first time that an Austrian government has included such unequivocal recognition of Israel as a Jewish state. Very important. Among European countries, up to now, only the platform of the German government under Chancellor Merkel has included a reference recognizing Israel's Jewish character. The platform of the new Austrian government also includes explicit reference to the recognition of Austria's guilt in the Holocaust and its responsibility for it. This, too, is a political precedent, accompanied by a clear reference of the need next year to cite in a respectable fashion during commemorations of the 80th year of the Anschluss, which is the annexation of Austria to the Nazi Reich, one of the greatest tragedies in human history, the Holocaust. So I'm glad to see that they have done this. They've got a new leader in Austria who is young. He is conservative. We'll see where he goes, but he's... uh, uh, you know, and for all we know, he may turn out to be the Antichrist, but right now he is doing really great things as far as Israel is concerned and Islam. Um, let's see here from Arts Shiva, ancient Jewish town from Hashmonian period discovered. Coins, pottery, and ritual baths recently uncovered revealed a Hashmonian era Jewish town at the Susya in Mount Hervon. Or Hebron, I'm sorry. The uh, findings are surprising in light of historical reports about Hasmonean activity to convert the Edomites who lived in the region in the year 112 B.C. The discovery, a settlement site from the time of the Hasmonean kingdom, may shed light on this issue. To date, the heritage site in Susia has been known to visitors as a 1,500-year-old Jewish Talmudic town that was inhabited from the Roman to the Muslim periods. The new findings predate the town's known establishment by 600 years. The findings were uncovered during an excavation conducted by the civil admin's archaeological staff officer in Judea and Samaria. Now, first, that place, Susia, is the place where the site of the Yeshua synagogue is. I've talked about this before. There is a synagogue that actually was run by Messianic Jews after the time of Christ, and they worshipped Jesus, Yeshua. His name is right there in the tile. It's a place that the Jews don't really show people, obviously. They don't, it's not a big tourist site. If you want to watch that, you can go online and uh, you can watch the video of a person that goes and describes all that's going on there. It's rather amazing. And uh, I have the video somewhere, the link to it. So if you email me, I can probably get it to you. But the uh, point that I brought up this for is because you will hear a lot of people talk about Israel of today and they say, well, they're just Edomites and they're just people that uh, they are not Jewish people. They don't belong in the land, blah, blah, blah. And you hear all this kind of stuff all the time. And so I am now going to give you some doctrine 
on the issue of Israel today so that you understand this and you can use this to tell other people about who these people are that have returned to the land of Israel. Okay? So, first I want to uh, read you something that says, and this is right out of the Bible, folks, if you want to be a Jewish person, you want to be included in the Jewish people, you would go to Exodus chapter 12 and you would read these words. This is how people are incorporated into the people of Israel. Exodus 12, 48. And when a stranger dwells with you and wants to keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised and then let them come near and keep it. And he shall be as a native of the land for no uncircumcised person shall eat it. They are now included in the corporate body of Israel. Okay, that's a very important thing to understand, because if you do what the Lord has said you to do and you accomplish that, you are now allowed to take the Passover and you are forever considered as a people of the land. Okay, everybody understand that. Okay, we'll go on. This is um, uh, something that uh, I had in an old sermon that I wanted to read you. Speaking of the descendants of Edom, Edom, who we're talking about, the Edomites, the Hashmonians that they're talking about, they were trying to convert them. It says, known as the Idumeans in the New Testament, we have the Idumeans, we have Herod, who is an Idumean. That's just simply a name of Edom, okay? So, um, in the New Testament, they're known as the Idumeans. We find in the writings of the Jewish historian Josephus that around 129 B.C., John Hyrcanus subdued all of the Idumeans, the Edomites, okay, and permitted them to stay in that country. If they would circumcise their genitals and make use of the laws of the Jews. Exactly what I just read you from Exodus 12, verse 48. Everybody understand that. The Edomites that wanted to stay in the land stayed in the land, and they did. They were asked if they wanted to stay. If not, you got to leave. If you want to stay, you can join us as a united people. Okay, it says uh, they'd make use of the laws of the Jews, and they were so desirous of living in the country of their forefathers that they submitted to the use of circumcision. And the rest of the Jewish ways of living, according to what the Bible says, at which time, therefore, this befell them, that they were hereafter no other than Jews, exactly as the Bible says. They get circumcised, they do as they should, according to this, and now they are Jews, okay? After this, now think about this, after this occurred, when John Hyrcanus allowed them this and these people became a part of the Jewish society, after this, the same group of people now incorporated into Israel, right, was cut off from God's favor when they rejected Jesus Christ. That lasted 2,000 years, exactly as the Bible predicted would happen. However, the day is come and they are regathered into the land of Israel. The Bible in both Testaments says that someday Israel will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus and that all Israel shall be saved. That means all Israel that is alive when Jesus comes back. Not all Israel will be saved in the fullest sense. It means that when he comes back, you will be saved. You won't be destroyed with the rest of the world during the judgment. Okay? But this includes the Edomite people who were assimilated into Israel before their dispersion. Now, if you want to understand the importance of this, watch our Thursday night Bible studies because we are going through Romans 9 through 11 right now. And I will further explain this. The doctrine of election, it says, talks about um, God loving uh, Jacob and hating Esau, right? And he goes through all of this. Well, I will take you through that and you will understand perfectly what God is saying to these people, who these people are, and why they are back in the land of Israel. Okay, if you haven't been watching that, go back and watch the last two because we started with Romans 9.1. I explained why the world believes what it does. It took almost the whole uh, uh, hour and a half class to get through that. Now, we did Romans 9.2 through 4 this past week. So watch those and then you'll be ready to go through the Romans 9 through 11 and you will learn quite a deal. Um, but there you go. I just want you to know that regardless of what people say, oh, they're a bunch of Edomites, so what? They did what was required according to the Bible. They were incorporated into the Jewish nation, and then they were exiled with the rest of the Jews that had rejected Christ. Those that didn't reject Christ became a part of the church. But keep your doctrine straight. Don't listen to people that say a bunch of crazy things when they have no idea what the Bible teaches about these doctrinal issues. Okay, from Christian News Today. Former NHS chief is named as the first female bishop of London. Okay, this is the seat that generally ends up being the uh, you know the uh, 
archbishop of the bishop of Canterbury or whatever. They usually move up in that. Uh, but anyway, they have a female now who's the first female bishop of London. Former chief nursing officer, right Reverend Sarah Mullally, is Bishop of London. The Queen approved her nomination to succeed the right Reverend Richard Chartres. The first woman to hold the title of Bishop of London is hit out at inequality and declared she wants more diversity among church leaders. She said, if our churches are going to be more relevant to our communities, we ought to get back to the Bible. No, she didn't say that. She didn't say that at all. She says, if they want to be more relevant to our communities, who cares if they're relevant to the community? You want to be a light of Christ to the community, whether they like it or not. That's your job in a church. But she says, um, that means increasing churches that are led by priests who are women, who come from black, Asian, and minority and ethnic groups. She has also been identified with the cause of gay rights in the church. Okay? So, I will say this. I've said this before. I always upset somebody when I do, and I get a nasty email. But women are not allowed to be elders or deacons in the church. That is explicit from the prescriptive writings of Paul. If you want to understand what Paul is saying there, watch today's Christmas sermon. Very unusual Christmas sermon, I'll grant you that. But let me read you something that Paul said here uh, right out of the Bible. Um, He said, uh, hang on one second here. It's 1 Timothy. And then you'll wonder, what does that mean? I'm going to whet your appetite so that you can actually say, well, gee, maybe I want to find out what the Bible is teaching about this particular issue. In 1 Timothy, it says, let me find this really quickly. It says... um, For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. Verse 15, this is what I want to whet your appetite with, and if you want to know what he's talking about, watch the sermon. Nevertheless, she will be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with self-control. Next article. Let's see here. ABC. President Donald J. Trump offers to allow reporters to stay for Secretary Ben Carson's prayer. He said to the media, you need the prayer more than I do, I think. You may be the only ones. So I just, I know most of you probably heard that, but I wanted to include it. And I wanted to tell you how unhappy I am with the press media that stayed during that prayer. Because while Ben Carson was praying a very eloquent prayer, just, you know, it it was a very good prayer. Everybody was reverently bowing their heads, with the exception of the news media, who continued to snap photos through the entire thing. So distracting. I, I tell you, the arrogance of these people is without limit. It is without limit. They ought to just drop their cameras and say, we're going to at least acknowledge that somebody is, is humbling himself before the creator of all things. So I have no time. I, if I was Trump, I would say none of you are ever allowed in a meeting again, ever You have disgraced the Lord of creation. He's a new Christian. He needs to be developed in his theology. But I tell you what, if it was me, I would say none of you are ever coming in this meeting again, ever. Okay? In the last hundred years, have we ever had a reverent media? Uh, No, we've never had a reverent media. No. All right. From Washington Post, Trump planned to move U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem angers Middle East Christians. Some of the uh, festive cheer was missing at a public Christmas tree lighting near the site where Christians believe an angel proclaimed Christ's birth to local shepherds. Our oppressors have decided to deprive us from the joy of Christmas. Patriarch Mitchell Saba, the former archbishop and Latin patriarch of Jerusalem, told the crowd in the town of Beit Sahor in the Israeli-occupied West Bank. Mr. Trump told us, clearly Jerusalem is not yours. Palestinian Christians complain that Christian evangelicals' support of Israel doesn't take into consideration the rights and needs of Christians in the homeland of their religion. This is where it all started. And the Reverend Mitri Rahab, a Lutheran pastor in Bethlehem, the Bible originated in Palestine, he said. I've never seen the word Palestine in here. I've seen Philistine, which is where Palestine comes from, and they are the invaders, right? Anyway... Uh, Not in the Bible Belt, he says, but people in the Bible Belt read the Bible in a way that really makes our lives difficult. Well, if you're not going to preach the whole counsel of God, and if you're not going to understand that Jesus was a Jew, he is a Jew, and he will never be anything but a Jew, you're going to have these presuppositions, and you're going to have this hatred towards the people who God has planted back in the land so that his Jewish son can return to his Jewish brethren. Right? Okay, let's see here. Um, Times of Israel. This is a very Christmassy uh, update. I know if you don't like Christmas, you're not going to like this update, but that's okay. 
Nazareth cancels Christmas celebrations to protest U.S. move on Jerusalem. Christmas celebrations in Nazareth have been canceled to protest the U.S. president's recognition of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. The city council announced that Mayor Ali Salam, a Muslim, had ordered the axing of all planned artistic events, including a festival and large Christmas market. Our identity and faith aren't up for debate. Well, he's not even of the faith, but he made the decision. Salam said, the decision has taken away the joy of the holiday, and we will thus cancel the festivities this year. Now, that is slightly changed, and I have an article from Voitenko News Service, or VNS, directly from Nazareth. Our friend Sergio Voitenko, in other words, sent me this article on the Christmas uh, celebration. The annual Christmas market in Nazareth has been canceled by the local municipality as an act against President Trump's recognition of Jerusalem as capital of Israel. The Muslim mayor of Nazareth, Ali Salam, denied the reports that he canceled the event, stating that the Christmas tree lighting and the parade will continue as usual. However, the heart of the Christmas market event in Nazareth is the week-long Christian concert that took place on the stage by Mary's Well. Days after the declaration of Jerusalem as capital, the stage was disassembled. There will be no concert. The evangelical community of Nazareth did not like the commercialization of Christmas during this event, but they did not expect it to be closed due to the pressure of the Muslim community. What 30-some years ago was the only Christian town in Israel is now mostly Muslim. So they, uh, And then this guy, he found out that it's a voting year. They're supposed to vote him back in. Well, he canceled these celebrations, and everybody's mad at him now because all of the vendors rely on this. They don't make a lot of money throughout the year. This is their time to make money, and that is all gone now. And so he went and said, well, it's not canceled, and then it is canceled, and then it's not. And he is, he's probably going to get himself out of office for this one. doesn't bother me a bit. Okay, from Fox, U.K. Christmas markets feature armed police and bollards to counter terror threat. So welcome to the new normal. From Islam Today, Zero Hedge, Austria, new government to resist Islamization. We've already got them supporting the Jews and the, <clears throat> acknowledging their past. They will also resist Islamization. A coalition between the anti-immigration AAPP and the anti-establishment AFP is poised to catapult Austria to the vanguard of Western Europe's resistance to mass migration from the Muslim world. The massive demographic and religious shift underway in Austria, traditionally a Roman Catholic country, appears irreversible. Austria has also emerged as a major base for radical Islam. We have a lot in common with Israel. I always say if one defines the Judeo-Christian West, then Israel represents a kind of border. If Israel fails, Europe fails. And if Europe fails, Israel fails. The immigration scene in recent years is changing our country not in a positive but a negative way. Uncontrolled immigration destroys the order in a country. Almost sounds like Trump there. Good job, Austria. We'll hope that you can get out of the mess you're in. From LifeSite, Trudeau up in Canada sparks outrage with plan to reintegrate ISIS terrorists into Canada. They've done this in Sweden. Well, he wants to do it in the north. Conservative leader Shair blasted Prime Minister Trudeau for the liberal plan to reintegrate Canadians who returned to the country after fighting for the IS of Iraq and Syria. These are people who got on a plane to fight for ISIS. They were in Canada and they left to do this and watched as our allied soldiers were burned to death in a cage. These are people who got on a plane to go fight for an organization that sells women and girls into slavery. These are people who left Canada to, to fight for a group of people who push homos off buildings just for being gay. Can the Prime Minister explain to the House exactly what a program or reintegration service would look like for the people who commit these kinds of atrocities? The government revealed in late 2015 that some 180 individuals with a nexus to Canada had joined the Islamic terrorist groups overseas and an additional 60 had come back to Canada. Public Safety Minister Goodale confirmed 60 ISIS terrorists were back in Canada and under very careful investigation. We recognize that the return of even one individual may have serious national security implications, Trudeau told Shair. Well, then why would you let 60 in if one did? What an idiot. The liberals have launched the Canada Center for Community Engagement and Prevention of Violence, which helps to ensure that resources are in place to facilitate disengagement from violent ideologies. 
The way you do that is just keep them out of the country. And the government will also continue to carefully monitor trends in extremist travel and our national security agencies work together to ensure that our response reflects the current threat environment, Trudeau added. This is what we just got rid of last year in this country. We would, If we had that Hillary in office, we'd be welcoming them back too. This is absolutely crazy thinking. From the Herald Sun, pedestrians, you might have read about this in Melbourne, pedestrians hit by a car in Melbourne, CBD, two men arrested. The man who was alone in the car at the time of the incident is known to police. Exactly what we have heard from Europe, from England, and all of the countries where they've had ramming attacks. What did they, what was the excuse they gave? Here we go. There you go. Exactly right. This is this has become the standard in the world. Is known to police and has a history of drug use and mental illness. So they're saying there is no evidence to connect the incident with terrorism. Unless people wake up and realize that these people are a serious threat. 19 people were hurt. One is in very critical condition. 19 people could have been killed. 2,000 people could have been killed if the engine lasted long enough. I mean, you just keep driving. But they don't care about their own citizens anymore in these countries. It is bizarre. All right, Mail Online. More Americans are killed by lawnmowers than jihadi terrorists on average each year statistics reveal. So they're trying to justify that it's okay to let these people into your country because more people die by lawnmowers. Well, guess what? Lawnmowers don't come after people, unless you're a lawnmower, man. Anyway, uh, they don't come after you to kill you. If you're stupid enough to take a gallon of gas with hot gas and put it on a lawnmower and have it go onto the hot, uh, what do you call it, muffler, and it explodes you, hey, you know, I mean, it wasn't intentional. You just made a dumb error, okay? And I do that a lot, so I'm calling myself stupid because I'm always filling it up. I don't wait the 10 minutes to cool it down. I'm busy, and i got to get back to work, right? But here we go. The bizarre statistic has won International Statistic of the Year, as if this makes any point at all. Okay, 69 American people are killed by lawnmowers annually on average. In comparison, just two Americans are killed by jihadi terrorists on average. Well, guess what? Those two people, they intended to kill them. Lawnmowers don't intend anything, right? Guns don't pe- kill people. People kill people, you right? You've got to ban lawnmowers. That's right. That's exactly right. Well, you know, you don't have to do that. You just take off the blade and it'll be okay, right? That'll, that'll take care of the blade. Now, I will tell you this, just because I think it's so funny. It's so cute. There was a picture I saw. I had to laugh at this. You know, this guy's out with his green lawnmower. He's got the extension cord and he's mowing his lawn and the wife is behind him with a wheelbarrow and a generator and it's plugged into the generator. Yeah, yeah. I saw that a couple of days ago and it just made me laugh. Anyway, there you go. That's, that's the uh, brain pan of the world today. The statistic originally appeared in the Huffington Post and was even tweeted by Kim Kardashian. So she's like, oh, look at how safe we are in the world. Lawnmowers are the problem. It's a mental illness. Mail online. Turkish Islamic preacher says men without, men without beards cause indecent thoughts in other men because they look like women. Well, we don't have this problem in this church. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I'm serious. In one of his sermons or whatever, yeah, Turkish Islamic preacher says men without beards cause indecent thoughts in other men because they look like women. Well, that's kind of what Usama was saying recently, you know. We got people out on the beach that wear bikinis and we're not raping them. But, you know, you let a Muslim into your country and he says that's what's happening. So, whatever. Okay. I have no problem with that at all. Okay. Um, Times of Israel, Islamic State said to threaten terror attacks on Christmas. That's tomorrow. We'll watch the world and see what happens. Amid unprecedented setbacks on the ground in Iraq and Syria, where Islamic State has been pushed out of all major population centers and relegated to marginal desert regions, the group appears to be urging its followers to show it is still a relevant force by carrying out terror attacks in major Western cities during the upcoming Christmas and New Year's holidays. Keep your eyes on that. And it'll be a mental sickness if it happens, so. Of course. All right, Jerusalem Post. Abbas, this guy is just gross. Christmas message invokes Jesus in fight against U.S.-backed injustice. So he's a Muslim, and he's invoking Jesus' name. We are inspired by the message of Jesus who refused injustice and spread a word of hope. Okay, guess what? There is hope in this book. There's a lot of hope, and there is hope in Jesus Christ. But when you get to the book of Revelation, the hope ends. The world is going to be judged. They need to read the last chapter before they go invoking the name of Jesus. Okay? 
Now, there's hope at the end of the book of Revelation. Don't get me wrong, but there's going to be a lot of non-hope in those seven years when people should have called on Jesus and been out of here at the rapture. Anyway, Mongolia News today. This is really interesting. I mean, there are times where I get Mongolia and I have to dig and dig and dig right down to the very bottom of the barrel to find something. This is really interesting. From M-E-H-R-N, M-E-H-R-N News. Yes, okay, that's right. <clears throat> Turkey, Azerbaijan, Kyrgyzstan, and Mongolia to form joint military. Now, Turkey is part of Gog Magog, so this is very interesting. Turkey, Azerbaijan, Kyrgyzstan, I know you pronounced that wrong, and Mongolia will have joint military forces. The army will be set up under the title the Joint Army of the Turkic World, the Eurasian Military Force. In 2013, the Turkic world developed a plan for a joint military force. Based on that, the Eurasian military force, the same as the United Nations Peace Force, will protect security in the region. In the first stage, military forces with the position of the Eurasian security forces will be established with the participation of Turkey, Azerbaijan, Kyrgyzstan, and Mongolia. The Turkish gendarmerie, I think that's how you pronounce that word anyway, maybe it's gendarm, I don't know, whatever. It's one of those kind of Britishy words that I, anyway, we don't use it here. Um, their command will play an active role in this force. The force will begin its activities in 2018. The mission of this force is to maintain peace and security in the region, to exchange information, military, and security experience between the United Turkic Forces. Now, that's interesting because we don't know what's going to happen in the end times, but we do know that the kings of the east will come against Israel. Maybe they'll be a part of that because their ally Turkey got exploded during Gog Magog. I don't know. Anyway, Daniel 12 technology. I got a little choked up there for a second. Yahoo! U.S. military to send cyber soldiers to the battlefield. The Army will soon send teams of cyber warriors to the battlefield as the military increasingly looks to take the offensive against enemy computer networks. While the Army's mission is generally to attack and destroy, the cyber troops have slightly different goal. Not everything is destroy. How can I influence by non-kinetic means? How can I reach up and can create confusion and gain control? Cyber soldiers have been integrated for six months into infantry units and will tailor ops according to commander's needs. Cybercom has previously placed implants in IS group networks that let experts monitor the group's behavior and ultimately imitate or alter commander's messages so that they unwittingly direct fighters to areas likely to be hit by drone or plane strikes. So they're working within their computer systems to fool them into getting exploded. There we go. Another technique likely being employed is a common type of cyber attack known as a denial of service. Cyber Command had previously been a subordinate part of the U.S. Strategic Command, but President Trump ordered the Pentagon to have elevated to its own command in a sign of its growing importance. I think that's pretty cool. If we can, you know, keep people confused on the battlefield, we have the advantage. So I'm glad they're doing this. Mail Online. A holiday in space? Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin successfully test flies its six-seater capsule that could take tourists into orbit next year using its reusable rocket. They've been talking about this for like 20 years, and it may come as soon as next year. The capsule includes seats for six travelers who will be treated to views from the largest windows in space. They've got these big windows. You fly up into the outer atmosphere, and you can look down and see the whole world, right? The test featured the latest version of the reusable New Shepard rocket, its first flight in 14 months. So it's very cool. We'll see if that happens. Um Please, nobody send me a present for that. I don't want to go up in space, okay? I have no desire to do that. Mail online. Now, you have to get the Chinese um, gist of this, okay? So, and mail online is very politically incorrect, okay? So, when I say this, you'll understand it. They say, a frying revolution, okay? (laughs) Which it actually says, a frying revolution, Chinese airline boss flies Boeing 787 Dreamliner powered by waste cooking oil across the Pacific, carrying 201 people from China. Hainan Airlines has flown China's first international flight powered by biofuel. The, that's why they say frying revolution. Okay, there you go. The uh, Boeing 787 Dreamliner traveled from Beijing to Chicago. The biofuel was made by a Chinese company using 15% used 
cooking oil. That is very cool. I, if we could continue to do that, just think the whole air, the atmosphere will smell like french fries. I mean, I just love it. Wow. Revelation plagues today. Let's see here. From Washington Post, microbes by the ton. Officials see weapons threat as North Korea gains biotech expertise. Five months before North Korea's first nuclear test in 2006, U.S. intelligence officials sent a report to Congress warning that secret work was also underway on a biological weapon. Now, when was 2006? That was before our previous president, right? Nobody did anything. Nobody's done anything. The communist regime, which had long ago acquired the pathogens that caused smallpox and anthrax, had assembled teams of scientists but seemed to be lacking in certain technical skills, the report said. A decade later, the technical hurdles appear to be falling away. North Korea is moving steadily to acquire the essential machinery that could potentially be used for an advanced bioweapons program. From factories that can produce microbes by the ton to laboratories specializing in genetic modification. Meanwhile, Jong-un's government also is dispatching its scientists abroad to seek advanced degrees in microbiology, while offering to sell biotechnology services to the developing world. The gains have alarmed U.S. analysts who say North Korea, which has doggedly pursued weapons of mass destruction of every other variety, could quickly surge into industrial-scale production of biological pathogens if it so chooses to do. Such a move could give the regime yet another fearsome weapon with which to threaten neighbors or U.S. troops in a future conflict, officials and analysts say. Very scary world, especially with a nut job like that in control. Very scary. From Yahoo. California avocados hit with triple whammy of fire, wind, and ash. And then from BYT, more victims of the California wildfires, avocados, and lemons. So they're having a a lot of disaster out there with this fire, and the avocados will probably go up in price. So here we go, morality today. World Net Daily, this is just so perverse, but it's a Christmas thing. I'm sorry, I know this is just gross, but provocative gay nativity arrives for Christmas. It's uh, Christmas is officially getting a gay makeover on Twitter. The social media site is exploding with support for gay-tivity scenes after Cameron Esposito, comedian and host of Query Podcast, posted an image of a nativity scene featuring two Josephs wearing pink and kneeling beside baby Jesus. Rush Limbaugh said, so now the gay-tivity scene, which, by the way, you know, more and more American cities for a while, they're banned nativity scenes because it was forcing Christianity on non-believers. It was a violation of the First Amendment, forcing your religion on people. I guarantee that no such objection will be made if your town decides to have a gay-tivity scene with Jesus in the cradle and two fathers. And if you object to that, well, you're a bigot. So Rush Limbaugh is spot on with that one. From Life News, Metro, meaning uh, up in Washington, D.C., Metro allows ads from pro-abortion group denies ads celebrating Christmas and Jesus' birth. When it comes to advertising on the D.C. Metro, free speech is in for a bumpy ride. In a classic case of viewpoint discrimination, a federal judge is siding with the Washington Metropolitan Area Transit Authority for turning down ad space to the Catholic Church. The scene is three wise men, two sheep, and a sky of stars with the words, find the perfect gift. That's it, and they wouldn't allow it. As a spokesman for the church complained, the advertisement does not seek to address a general, otherwise permissible topic from a religious perspective. The sole purpose of directing the public to findtheperfectgift.org is to promote religion there. Interestingly enough, the city's policy was adopted to stop an ongoing debate about Islam from taking place on WMATA's posters. But in stopping Muslim speech, it silenced everyone else's. The censorship has also gone so far that unlikely alliance has already formed between groups like the Archdiocese, ACLU, PETA, and even a local abortion clinic, all who insist that D.C. officials have gone too far. Welcome to the world of PC. And then from Fox, we read Jesus banned from buses in D.C., but gay hookup ads allowed. So they allow gay hookup ads and they allow abortion, but nothing about, you know, finding the perfect gift and having a picture of not even of Jesus in it, you know? Okay, here we go. Other category, Mail Online. Boston University professor claims Jingle Bells is 
Racist, yes, because it was first performed in blackface and made fun of African Americans. Whatever, I don't know. Anyway, Mail Online. Now, there's a place over in England that this is referring to. Not such a merry Gregsmith, after all. Bakery chain is forced to apologize after launching an advent calendar that replaced baby Jesus with a sausage roll. Their publicity picture showed a sausage roll in a manger instead of baby Jesus. Now, I think that's tasteless, but I don't think it's something that they should be forced to apologize over, right? I mean, it's just great. It's like the Heavenly Ham place right down here. Have you ever looked at their annual Christmas thing on the wall? It's got Jesus and Mary and uh, or Mary and Joseph and Jesus in a uh, manger, and it says, "Come get your heavenly ham for Christmas." Right? They're kosher. They didn't eat ham, right? But I don't care. You know what? If people want to advertise and do it wrong, that's fine. But they shouldn't have to. It was kind of cute anyway. That the, it's a little sausage roll in the in the uh, trough. I mean, it was just the world's gone bizarre. Anyway, Washington Times, Resistimus. Anybody heard of Resistimus? Here it is, the Hillary Christmas tree topper. Yes, she's the first lady of the Christmas tree decorations. Christmas tree topper, angel, or fierce fairy. Now she's a woman to look up to. The organization promises, though the prices for the pricey Hillary ornament started around $107. I wouldn't want, I wouldn't, ugh. Anyway, for a version suited for a typical tree. There's no word yet, however, on whether it smells of sorrow and corruption <laughs> instead of the traditional fir tree scent. And they put that in their article. Good job. Bingo. CNN. Girl Scouts. Girl Scouts. I wouldn't have my kids in the Scouts today for anything. Don't make your daughter hug people this holiday. And this is talking about family. This isn't talking about people on the streets. At a time when issues of sexual harassment and consent are in the news, the Girl Scouts have released a recommendation about how parents can help their young girls handle affection. She doesn't owe anyone a hug, not even at the holidays. The hugs here are obviously of a non-sexual nature, doting aunts and grandparents who are inclined to big embraces and cheek pinches at holiday gatherings. However, the GSUSA's post says that this could set the stage for unexpected emotional consequences. Hugging grandma now is a violation of her safe space. Think of it. Telling your child that she owes someone a hug, either just because she hasn't seen this person in a while, or maybe because they love her, or because they have a gift to give her, can set the stage for her questioning whether she owes another person any type of physical affection when they've both bought her dinner or done something else seemingly nice for her later in life. The entire thing is just absolutely insane. But yet the boys can be hugged. Oh, the boys can be hugged. More problems than that. Sure, let let them hug the boys. That'll cause some trouble. Breitbart, British police warn bumping into someone under the mistletoe without consent is rape. Yes. If you bump into that special someone, this is the British police put this out. Yes. If you bump into that special someone under the mistletoe tonight, remember that without consent, it is rape, tweeted the PSN, signing off with the secular season's greetings instead of the traditional Merry Christmas. Police were charged with being killjoys and social justice warriors and trivializing genuine rape cases, but did not appear to take any notice until they were contacted by Mail Online. The force then deleted their warning and issued a defensive clarification, but bungled it by appearing to suggest that what they really meant was that socializing without consent is rape. They went and they changed their tweet, and now they made it worse. We posted a message on Twitter yesterday that some may have taken out of context, but the message remains the same. When you are out socializing over the Christmas period, please remember, without consent, it is rape. So if you socialize, you're raping somebody now. We're talking about really unclear thinkers in the the British uh, police force. Mail online, CNN's feud with Trump prompts it to boycott. This is a couple weeks ago. I've saved it for today. They boycotted the White House Christmas party. In response to CNN's boycott, White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders tweeted, Christmas comes early. Finally, good news from CNN. Woohoo! <laughs> Wonderful stuff there. Okay, I got a less Rick for you. It's the same one I read you at Christmas last year. Since there was no more room at the inn, 
At a stable, the family'd begin. Yet it stunk pretty bad, but was fitting the lad that had come to eradicate sin. Very good. Thank you, Les. Last year, I actually broke down and couldn't finish it, but this year I made it through. I've been practicing it, so I wouldn't do that. Okay, before I give you your irony of the week, I will tell you that uh, Sergio and Rhoda have once again done a spectacular job on their uh, weekly travel video. It is from Nazareth. If you want to see how the Christians in Nazareth celebrate this season, they did a beautiful job. And it will bring you to tears listening to the girl that sings, what was the song? Mary, do you know? She's got an accent. You know, you you can tell that, but her voice is so beautiful. And his, I don't know how he got the sound so precise, but it is so marvelous that there were wet eyes in this uh, church this morning when we were watching that. It is astonishing. And uh, there's all of the other Sergio and Rhoda things. They have Fifi the cat, and they've got, uh, uh, you know, wonderful things on that. It is a marvel to watch that. Uh, as a matter of fact, the what? No shawarma this week. They didn't get into the shawarma, but they got into plenty of other stuff. Please click on that at the end of the video and watch it. You will enjoy it. And uh, as a matter of fact, we had a couple people from the church at the house last night for our Christmas dinner. And uh, when we had them there, we all watched it. And it was really wonderful, wasn't it? And then we did something that I wonder if this is going to work. I'm going to do something right now in the middle of the Prophecy Update that I've never done. But we did this at dinner last night. And I'm going to see if I can do it right now, okay? Hang on a second here. I've got to push the wrong one. I'm going to do this right now. Um, we're going to see if we can get Sergio online. Right on the prophecy up there. I don't know if they're there. They may be out right now. He, he gets the... Uh, he, what's that? Is he there? Oh, he's connecting. Merry Christmas! From the prophecy update. We're live. We're live streaming. Where's Rhoda? Get your beautiful wife on here. We're, you're live all over the world streaming. Have you got your wife there? There, huh? there she is. Hey, Merry Christmas. <laughs> we were just talking about your uh, beautiful, beautiful, um, what do you call it, um, uh, travel video. And uh, we had uh, no dry eyes in the churches. That girl was singing, and it was just a wonderful video. And we want to thank you very much. So much. All right, we got to get back to the update. We're about to do the irony of the week and close, but we all wish you a Merry Christmas. Love you. God bless you guys. Bye bye. Bye bye. Hey, that was wonderful. So now everybody gets to see them live. There we go. Okay, we also have um, an irony of the week, which is from Ice Pop. Now I want you to understand that she was told the opposite of what happened, so you understand the irony. Expectant mother spends $4,000 on pink things for her new daughter that turned out to be her son. So there you go. Such is the world we live in. And from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia and Walney Island, the United Kingdom, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word and that is your Prophecy Update for the week. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.